0: Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode 16 for season 3. We're recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled Secret Cargo. If you are new to the show, I am your co-host, Matt the Crankster Cranky, and let me welcome in your host and creator of the Rebels Podcast and the Thunderquack Podcast Network, And yes, I was able to get him away from the Nintendo Switch just for a little bit to talk some Rebels. It's Mike. What's up, Mike?
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, Did you you need me to actually talk on this (laughs) podcast? I'm a little busy, but uh, no, it's good. It's all good. Yeah, I've got the Nintendo Switch. It is awesome. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. I need some Star Wars games, but uh, yeah. Bet, uh, the rumor, the rumor. I and and you know it's a rumor, so this doesn't go in the news section. The rumor <laughs> is that um, they've got GameCube virtual console games coming to the Switch at some point. Wow. Oh, and right. I, Nintendo f- slash Star Wars fans, I will remember uh, one of the greatest series of video games of all time was uh at its best on the gamecube it actually started on the n64 but it it had its best iteration on the gamecube and that is rogue squadron so um, i'm um, really hoping that they can work out those licensing agreements it's really difficult because factor five doesn't exist anymore that studio went under um but uh but lucasarts lucasfilm and uh and nintendo need to to sort that out they need to get the original Rogue Squadron for N64 up on the Virtual Console. They need to get Nabu Starfighter up on the on the Virtual Console, and then they need to get Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader, and Rogue Squadron Three: Rebel Strike, all mm. on the Virtual Console. Cause I will give them money for those things. Um, no, I have all those games. <laughs> you and uh, actually people, yeah. That's not yeah. entirely true. I don't have Nabu Starfighter because that game is is ridiculously underprinted. Because it's mm-hmm. back in the day of days of cartridges. Kids nowadays won't understand. It's like, why don't you just buy it digitally? I. Uh, it used to be, and this is like even you know not even discs, but cartridges. That Nintendo charged money for cartridges, like they charged the publishers money for the cartridges. So mm-hmm. a company would only do as many cartridges as they thought they were gonna sell. And for Nabu Starfighter, they did like a notoriously small run. So is that and um, and uh, Episode One Racer have pretty mm. small runs compared to some other games on the N64, especially compared like because they're Star Wars games, you'd think that there would have been more. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I so the, those N64 cartridges are very hard to find. Um, mm. But I have all those other games, so yeah, I can well, play hey, them you- when I want to, but. But yeah,
0: I, I think everybody that has a Switch would love to have some more yeah. uh, Star Wars involved. But I would since, I would love to
1: have Rogue Squadron on the go. That yeah. would be so good. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, since we're going to pull you away for just a little bit from that Switch, uh, yeah. before we get into the news... You wanted to mention something about uh, Patreon. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: well, so we talk about it at the end of every episode, but I don't know how many people stick around for it, so we're just going to do a real quick promo here right at the beginning and let mm-hmm. you guys know what's going on with Thunderquack and uh, and and the Patreon and and some changes. Um, we we just recently revamped the the Patreon reward tiers back in. I guess that was back in January, early February. Um, I guess it was early February because we did our 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 year three roundtable uh, in January at the end of January, and then a couple weeks later I revamped it um, based on user feedback. So um, we made a couple of changes. We added some new tiers. We added a new reward uh, based on the uh, the the Riverdale Gang podcast, one of our new podcasts for twenty seventeen, um, and uh, and we just kind of we just kind of you know, improve stuff overall. So now there's, um, at uh, the $1 level didn't change at the $3 level, you get burger recipes from the Riverdale gang. Cause, uh, cause, mm-hmm. uh, Jughead Jones is big on the hamburgers. So, uh, they do like every month you'll get a different burger recipe, which is kind of fun. And it's like not that big of a deal. It's really just to show your support for Riverdale gang. Um, but, uh, but if you are at any of the levels higher than $3, you'll get it as well um, which is really cool. And then I, at the $5 level, you get the MP3 of our YouTube round tables, as well as early access to, um, Epic Marvel podcast, uh, comic creator interviews. So over on Epic Marvel podcast, which is our other new podcast for 2017, um, Curtis, they cover a comic, uh, like a like a title, like Amazing Spider-Man, let's say, and they cover like an era. Mm-hmm. It's based on these these collections that Marvel's doing called the Epic Marvel Collections, um, and uh, and so it'll be like from you know X year to another year, right? And like it'll be a whole story, significant storyline, like let's say the 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 Black Spider-Man Black Suit, like that that'll all be collected in this one edition. And then Curtis is going out and he's talking to the creators from those eras, like the people who worked on those comics. And he's doing these great in-depth interviews. And what he's doing is he's taking the, the parts that are significant from those interviews uh, to the conversation that they're having on the podcast. And he's sort of cutting in those snippets in the mm. podcast. So you'll hear like little bits and pieces in the podcast, which is free. Um, but if you want early access to the full interviews, you can get that through Patreon at the $5 level. So that that means that like you you get the full unedited interview, um, well, I shouldn't say unedited, but like the complete interview, um, mm-hmm. w- which goes into way more depth and, and and Curtis is having awesome conversations on those. So that's and that's early access. So those will eventually be made available to to the general public, but but um, but if you want them early, it's it, what it is is like it's not really, I would say it's not a reason to subscribe at the $5 level, but if you are thinking about subscribing at the $5 level, it's a bonus. So, um, so yeah, that, that's something that we've added. And then I, and then at the, the, Oh, what do we do with the $10 level? The $10 level is nothing. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) until I can come up with a better reward for the $10 level, which if you guys have feedback, you can let us know. It's kind of just there to say, you know, we support you at this level um mm-hmm. but uh, and and you are you are appreciated just a little bit more than regular people at the 20 dollar level you it's now the the patreon producer level so if you're at that level you get a shout out every month on the thunder quack podcast and uh, and and i think we're we'll also start doing that probably on the roundtables as well um so that, uh, so that people can, uh, get some recognition for supporting us. So we've got a couple of people at that level already. And then as you go up $50 level, if you, if you sub at the $50 level for three months, you can do a, um, a, a, a one hour at the, is it a one hour? I can't remember. Um, but you can basically do like a special episode of a podcast with your favorite ThunderQuack podcast host. So that could be anybody. Um, not just us, but anybody on the network. So if you've ever really wanted to, to, uh, be on the rebels podcast, that is the easiest way to do it. Otherwise you have to like make friends with us and then like be friends with us for a few years and then meet us at star Wars celebration. And then we find out that you're (laughs) actually a pretty cool person and then we'll be like, okay, you can come on the podcast. Um, it's, it's a long process or you could just give us 150 bucks spread over three months. And, uh, and you can be on the podcast for an episode. So, um, that's a, that is an option for, for people who want to do that. Um, and like, let's say you have your own podcast and you want to promote it to the, to the audience on, uh, on Rebels podcast. That is a perfect way to do that. Um, and then, I uh, and then at the hundred dollar level, you get a one hour private conversation with, uh, your, 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 by uh, uh, and that's just a hundred dollars straight up, uh, one month, uh, sub for a hundred bucks. So you get a one hour conversation with your, uh, with your favorite Thunder podcast host, um, and so you could do that. Like again, if you have a podcast and you want us to be on your podcast, um, it is the easiest, fastest way to do that. Although you <laughs> know, like yeah. if you sure, just yeah. polite, we'll probably do a podcast, uh, appearance with you. But even if you don't oh, want to yeah. do a pod, if you just want to talk like if you just want a private conversation and then you get an mp3 recording of that and you can do with that whatever you want uh or a dot wave if you want that if you're a podcaster but you can you can do whatever you want with that recording you can keep it for yourself you can put it on the internet uh you can just brag to your friends about it if that's the sort of thing that uh, your friends would be uh envious of it's it's up to you but um that those are the reward tiers and that's the slight changes uh, to it is those couple of tiers. Um, but I, I, we're just, you know, like we really appreciate everybody who supports us, but we know that there's a lot more listeners out there who listen every week. Um, and, uh, and so I just wanted to make sure that everybody was getting the full information. Right. Um, so if you don't want to pay anything, that's fine. You don't have to pay us anything. You can just keep listening to the podcast for free. But if you like what we do and you want to support ThunderQuack, uh, Patreon is the best way to do it. The second best way to do it is to go to store.thunderquack.com um, and uh, and you can buy merch. So we have tons of stuff over on the store there. So we have two designs currently for Rebels Podcast, and uh, you can get those two designs on all sorts of stuff. Like you can get them on T-shirts, iPhone covers, uh, well any kind of phone cover, uh, laptop skins. Uh, uh you can get like a little drawstring bag you can get a tote bag you can get a pillow with the rebels podcast logo on it uh and then we've also got we have a design actually I never we never talked about it we have a design for um for Star Wars the saga continues that uh it, it's uh it's uh hollow net and chill uh which mm. is a play on Netflix and <laughs> chill so it's sort of like yeah. it's hollow net but in like the Netflix font style like the logo stuff so um yeah i that's just some cool stuff over there at store.thunderquack.com and it's all i think it's pretty uh, reasonably priced it's we're not asking for an arm and a leg um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah if you want to support us those are the best ways to do it for sure
0: good stuff yeah for sure and yeah like you said appreciate everybody that's that's done that so far and kept us going and there's a lot of new likes that i'll get to maybe next week uh that uh, we're liking the rebels podcast so we'll uh, definitely mention those guys next week mm-hmm. as well so um with that i guess we'll head to the news huh
1: yeah let's do it all right the force is strong
0: now here's the latest from a galaxy far far away right away sir All right, Mike, and you know it's it was getting close to celebration, and people were wondering what's going on yeah. with Rebels. Well, finally, we uh, we can all kind of breathe a sigh of relief. They have returned, you know, they have uh, renewed it for season four, and yeah. obviously, none of us—I I don't think either one of us—were surprised at that. But it's always good to know. No, you know, you know um, I yeah. was
1: especially right. not surprised because um, uh, a couple months back, actually, when Rogue One came out. Gary widow was on uh, uh, kind of funny, uh, the the game over Greggy show. And, uh, and he was talking about stuff and, and he was talking about rogue one and star Wars rebels connections. And one of the mm-hmm. things that he said is that he's written an episode for season four. Um, but I, uh, in amidst all of that, the other rogue one news, I don't think anybody caught it, but me. And I, I but even though like, this is the thing with animation, even though he's, he had written an episode for season four, yeah. that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that season four was moving yeah. ahead. Right. Yeah. You just like never know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, you never know what's going to happen. So I didn't want to report that cause that's kind of in the rumor area. And, um, and mm. you know, I didn't want to get Gary Wood in trouble <laughs> <laughs> by going out there and like breaking news that he spilled the beans on season four. Um, yeah. but who knows, maybe if I had, we would have gotten this announcement sooner. But yeah. uh yeah, no surprise. No big surprise yeah. here. Um yeah. the the thing that'll be interesting is whether or not season 4 is the last season. And tonight's episode yeah. tonight's episode oh, yeah. actually I uh, it kind of points in that direction. I can't imagine there's much time left.
0: No, um, I know exactly what you're saying. We'll we'll talk about yeah. that. I, yeah, for sure. And and here's the thing like I know and probably on that Saturday at, at uh, Celebration, we'll get some yeah. Rebels news. We'll probably get, like we have in the past, a trailer. But that trailer will be focused on maybe the first episode or the first hour-long episode like they normally do. Yeah. So we'll probably get a trailer there and some more info of what's going to happen during that season. And then I think this season will probably start, I'm guessing, around September again like they did last year. Yeah. Or uh, So – so yeah, all signs were looking to that. It's just you know a lot of people were like it. It took them a while, I guess. I, I you know I don't remember what time last year we were we had confirmation, but uh, I'm assuming it was before this. I but think any, it was like was
1: January it? last year. I, I yeah. think it was it yeah. was it was earlier than this year for sure.
0: Yeah, so I got a lot of people wondering, but I think Mike, the question is like you said, will this be the last? And man, yeah. I personally I think this is probably gonna. And we'll get into more of that as we get into this episode, which. Uh, this episode is is a well, I'll save it for later. Wasn't save it. Uh, the last thing we'll talk about, we'll get into this episode real quick. I just wanted to throw this in there because in the uh, as Ryan Johnson likes to do on his on his Twitter account, uh, he likes to tease the fans, and he's done that a few times now with his Twitter account. And I guess there was a Twitter guy that wanted something for his birthday. He goes, "Hey, uh, for my birthday, all I want is Ryan Johnson to tell me what the last Jedi means." And actually. <laughs> Johnson tweeted them back and said it means the final jedi happy birthday so um there was a lot of stuff going around mike and we talked about this Mm -hmm. about the jedi and it's now it's you know it it could be one it could be plural because it's the same it's it's meant the same way um and then johnson's saying hey it's the final jedi so everybody's like like what the heck does that mean is there no more jedi and it's it's crazy to think that you never know now with where they're going with this. I mean, we've seen Kylo Ren and Snoke, and we don't exactly know. They're not Sith, but they do know the Force, and they do use it in, in dark ways. Um, you never know where they can go, whether they can go and, and and not have Jedi anymore. But it just seems so bizarre to me to have Star Wars without, without Jedi. You know, I can see maybe without the Sith and a new different kind of quote-unquote bad guy coming about but man no jedi what the heck what do you think
1: mike yeah well like sith the thing with sith is that um i I, i'm fairly certain the word sith is never even said in the original trilogy right like it's a it's a that's an eu word up until the prequels come out and then it's something that that is said in episode Mm -hmm. one right um yeah you can correct me if i'm wrong on that, but i'm pretty sure yeah. Nobody ever says it. If anybody does, it would be in *Return of the Jedi*, and I can't think of Palpatine. Yeah, I think Sandler you're right. No, yeah. they just kind of refer to it as the dark side. Um, so in those, in that respect, Sith can kind of disappear, and it doesn't change Star Wars um, because the Empire and you know the the dark side are the bad guys, right? So as long as you have a version of the Empire, which now we have the First Order which Mm -hmm. I think they did a really good job in in The Force Awakens of making it really clear that the First Order is the Empire, um, that it's just, it's another, it's like an offshoot. It's the remnant of the Empire, right? Um, I think Mm -hmm. they did a really good job of making that clear to the the general audience. And I think, like, you see it every once in a while. People refer to First Order troopers as Imperial troopers. And it's like, well, they're technically not, but you're also not wrong. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But Jedi is so synonymous with star Wars. It's like, there's a few things that, that are synonymous with star Wars and it's may the force be with you, uh, Jedi Knight lightsaber, uh, and probably, uh, princess Leia's hair. Um, and, and like maybe Darth <laughs> Vader, Chewbacca Yoda, right? Like, like these are things that uh, R two, I guess you could also throw in there R two and three PO. But, um, like, these are things that, like, people see them and they know exactly what it is, you know? And then you get into, like, the Millennium Falcon and X-Wings and the Death Star and and stuff like that. And it's, like, most people know that that's Star Wars. And then, you know, uh, you show people a picture of Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. And it's, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Luke Skywalker. Like, like the vast majority of people know. And then you, like, show them, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess I missed Stormtrooper in there. But uh, then you show them, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Mm -hmm. they might not be as sure. And then you show them stuff from the prequels, and maybe they don't know. You show them a Delta-7, Aether Sprite light interceptor, and they have no idea what that is. It's like, (laughs) is that from a Star Trek movie? No, it's a Star Wars thing. But, um, yeah, but there's a few things that are, like, at that highest level, and Jedi is one of them. So I don't think that you can get away from it. I think the title, like, I, I think that Ryan Johnson is having fun with everybody because the title yeah. is what the title is. It's like the Force Awakens. Everybody's like, What does it mean? What does it mean? And it's like, It means that the Force Awakens. It means that the mm-hmm. Force has been dormant and then it awakens. For some reason, after Return of the Jedi, nothing happened with the Force. Yeah. And now it's going to start happening again. That's exactly what happens in the movie. It's not open to interpretation. It's not a dark mystery. It's not confusing in the least. The Force Awakens. And with this one, it's The Last Jedi. What does that mean? Oh, what what does it mean? Does it mean all the Jedi are going to die? Does it mean that Luke Skywalker is going to die? No. It means that that, that, uh, Snoke referred to Luke Skywalker as The Last Jedi... The opening crawl in The Force Awakens referred to Luke Skywalker as the last Jedi. This film will center around Luke Skywalker. It will be a story about him, Rey, and any other potential last of the Jedi. Like, there are... Like, it, it, it very specifically means Luke Skywalker, and then in a more uh, vague sense, it's referring to, like, the the... The, the last group of Jedi, not saying that these are like, there will never be any Jedi after this. It's like, no, these, these, I'm going to say three. Cause I, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a third Jedi in there. Mm-hmm. These three Jedi are the last Jedi. Like the, like you could say the last of the Jedi. They're the last remaining Jedi. They're the only Jedi left in the galaxy. Um, but that doesn't mean that there will never be any Jedi ever again. Because the other thing that Snoke says is that if the resistance is able to find Skywalker, the new Jedi will rise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, like this one's the last Jedi. And then like like maybe the next one will just be called the new Jedi Order. You know, yeah. like w- like would that not be the greatest if, if episode... Uh, nine was titled star Wars, the new Jedi order. And it like, it, it, you know, borrowed from the EU and, and then mm-hmm. we started introducing characters from the EU that we thought we were never going to see again. Like, like, can you imagine if, if they did that and then like Coran horn showed up or something, you know, like,
0: <laughs> like, and yeah.
1: it would be a different version of the character and it would be a different, a different interpretation. And, you know, um, um, you, you'd get into stuff like that, but, 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 I don't like this. Look, the Jedi were all supposed to have been killed off in the Clone Wars. And yet we are <laughs> about to talk about a television program that centers around two Jedi that survived. Well, one survived the Clone yeah, Wars and one was yeah. born on the last day of the Clone Wars. So, all right, you know, like and Luke Skywalker was born at the end of the Clone Wars and he's a Jedi. Like there it's ne- it will never end. The Jedi are eternal. And uh, as long as there's Star Wars, there will be Jedi. So people people need to just back up, shut their mouths, and wait for new information about this movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I look at it and I I see the same thing. I I see him... Personally, I see him having fun with us and yeah. fun with this guy going, Oh, it's the final Jedi. And he, you know, he's snickering and smiling because he knows that he can pretty much put anything there and it's gonna go crazy. Yeah. And I think he's just like he's just having fun. There's
1: you know? like yeah, like he says that and then there's a hundred speculation articles about like, what could this possibly mean? And it's like it means exactly what he just said. He's not being mm-hmm. He's not actually being coy. He's just, like, he's actually yeah. being a bit of a smartass. Right? Yeah, like, I was going
0: to say that. It's a smartass thing because because yeah. it's like, what's the last Jedi mean? What's the final Jedi? Like a, like a smartass thing to say, you know? So yeah. that's kind of the way I'm taking it. Uh, I don't see any, I, I don't see him reading into this like, oh, what could it mean to find, like, no more Jedi anymore? Um, but it did have me thinking like, man, what would it be like to have a movie without Jedi? rogue one but it had Darth Vader in it but uh but a saga film without you know the stuff that we've had for 40 plus years is crazy to think like that but I think you're right I think he could he could be the last one but I think he's gonna possibly rebuild that order he was trying to and then you know it was taken out by Snoke and Ren and all that we'll see but uh just thought it would be funny to throw that in there, you know. No, this for sure. guy, Ryan Johnson, he loves to do this, man. He loves to tease the yeah. fans and, and I can't wait for more of this yeah. as uh, as we get closer to December. So
1: um you ready to jump into this episode, Mike? Yeah, one one thing I wanna say just before yeah. we oh, get yeah. into it. Um this is Han Solo news. Michael Kenneth Williams is oh, yeah, officially yeah. confirmed yeah. for Han Solo. Um he's I just right. think that's a that's a great I I I'm just interested to see what he's gonna do, who he's gonna play. Um, how that's yeah. gonna how that's gonna play. There's nothing else to say about that because that's all the information that we have but uh, yeah
0: I've seen yeah. this guy um, he was in The Wire a huge show um, back a while ago I yeah. believe that was HBO and then he was on another HBO show called um, it was actually with Riz Ahmed the first time I saw Riz Ahmed in anything and it was Holy mackerel! I'm drawing a blank on the dang thing. Um, the night of it was called the night yes, of yeah. Riz Ahmed was the star, and this guy um, you said Michael he was a uh, Michael one of Lawrence, the, uh, yeah. He was he was also in it. So uh, actually, really cool series. It kind of ended on a weird
1: note, but um,
0: really cool series. If you want to see Riz Ahmed in something, and this other guy check out the night of it's an yeah. HBO series about body that's, eight episodes like, it, that's totally
1: yeah. like um I I watching uh X machina right? right like like no, Ex yeah, machina yeah. came out in, like early in the year I, I maybe it came out in like late 2014 but I watched yeah. it in 2015 and it was the th- this thing of like that was when I was getting familiar with Oscar Isaac and uh and um Donald Gleason is in it as well and so yeah, like, you see the right. two of them and you're like oh like they, huh. they have a really great chemistry. On screen. I wonder how yeah. that's going to work. And then they never even meet each other in, in, uh, in the force awakens. Yeah. But right. Oscar Isaac is also in, uh, I mean, he stars in, in inside Lewin Davis. Um, he's right. the title character. Uh, and, uh, and, um, um, what's his face? Kylo Ren. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the actor's name? Adam driver. Yeah. Adam driver is in that as well for a brief second. Um, right. uh, just for like a really quick scene. And it's this really, I, if you haven't si- seen Inside and Davis, if you haven't seen every movie that Oscar Isaac is in, just just go watch every movie that Oscar Isaac is in, um, <laughs> Do because he yeah. is just—I don't know. He, there's just something about him. He's he's such a great actor. Um, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Let's uh, let's get into this episode. Here we go with uh, Secret Cargo. Cool. Oh,
1: and all
2: right. All right. You. Force strong.
0: that's not what i wanted to do that was the news <laughs> anyway here we go uh we're gonna get ready for this hold on here we go intro music You're in the wrong place Yeah!
2: yeah! On, rebel! Rebel! this is our rebellion
1: and it's exactly this moment i've been waiting for now it's time for the rebels recap
0: welcome home rebel ah, yeah Okay, there we go. And we're talking secret cargo. Here we go. As the ghost hides near two wrecked former Separatist warships, Ezra Bridger, Zeb, and Hera are listening to a propaganda Holonet broadcast played by the astromech droid Chopper. Ezra says that the people they are supposed to meet in space are late and they don't know who they're supposed to meet. Chopper beeps while Hera says that whoever they are, Senator Bail Organa trusts them and that he trusts the Spectres to get them fuel. Chopper then plays a broadcast from Castle, uh, Castle announcing that Senator Mon Mothma has shocked the Imperial Senate with their treacherous broadcast against Emperor Palpatine. Ezra Zeb, uh, Ezra and Zeb marvel at what Mon Mothma said, with the latter adding that she has guts. So in this opening, man, okay, we got we got Ezra, Hera, Zeb, and Chopper are kind of just chilling, waiting for this. Uh, special cargo to come to them and they get this security uh, thing through chopper they get these holonet news they're kind of just going through it yeah whatever kind of this board and this one comes through and Mon mothma kind of calls out basically mike she's calling out the emperor in front of everybody i mean in front of whoever's watching this stuff she's calling out the Emperor, and this is kind of a huge thing and i didn't realize how big I think none of us did realize how big Mon- Moth was going to be to this to this saga until this particular episode is crazy. And she names the emperor himself for an attack on uh, the Gorman people or on the, the people of Gorman. And uh, she calls him out as the, our self-appointed emperor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So she's kind of saying, I mean, we all knew this uh, uh, that he was the self-appointed emperor, we know that. She's finally figuring it out, and throughout this episode, we get we get to understand her and what she was going through in the Senate, which I thought was actually pretty good for an episode that didn't have. Well, it had some pretty good action, but with Mon Mothma, I thought, man, a lot of great reveals in the ending, of course. But Mike, any thoughts on the beginning here of what she had to say about the emperor?
1: Yeah, th- this episode's a bit of a slow burn. Um, mm-hmm. My thing is that um, I mean, the episode's fine. Uh but <laughs> we're not yeah. really learning anything that we didn't already know. You know what I mean? So like like Except for the except for the Mon stuff though, right? What do you what do you mean? Like like that she was involved in this stuff? Like No, I'm just saying more maybe I guess maybe I'm talking about the end.
0: We're and getting how, how, yeah, how
1: vital she was. We're yeah. getting we're getting details, right? Like we're getting details of exactly how things played out. But like This isn't it's not surprising to me, you know, it's like like if you have seen the the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith and then you connect that with uh, her appearance in Rogue One and then uh, uh, obviously her original appearance in Return of the Jedi. It's not it's not unreasonable to come to the conclusion that, that, you know, she's the leader of the rebellion like we know that we know that like she orchestrated the rebellion and and um i think it's been more surprising for me how involved Bail Organa has been um up until this point i i think i was much more surprised to see general dodana in this episode yeah. I, right. I i which i guess is later right but right, um right. yeah i it, like for me, it's like, yeah, if you're gonna bring Mon Mothma in and you're gonna bring her in at this point in the story, it's very obvious that this is where it's going, you know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, it's a really cool moment at the end of the episode. I don't want to take anything away from it, but, right. I don't know. I feel like like everybody's kind of reacting like it's this big, surprising upset. and it's like, no, I soon after the actions of this episode, I uh, you know we get to to Rogue One uh, probably within a year or two I would imagine right. like we're really yeah. really close, um, and then and then immediately following Rogue One and the successful demonstration uh, of of the super laser, um, I Palpatine dissolves the Senate and. I have to imagine that that has a lot to do with the fact that uh, that that Mon Mothma has left the Senate in this episode. So, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, like that that it, to me is the much more um, interesting aspect of it. Is is its is its implications and connections to the original trilogy and the politics of it, and connecting the politics of episode one, two, and three with the politics of episode four. We don't really see a lot of politics in five and six because for good reason, because by five and six, there's no politics left. The emperor is just a totalitarian dictator. He has no, there are no checks and balances. It's just him and the governors, right? But, mm-hmm. um, in, in a new hope, we begin that film with the the rule of law and, and, uh, and, and an actual democratic, democratically elected representative senate still existing and and it is very soon into that film that we discover that 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 palpatine has dissolved the senate um Mm. so you know like like there's a there's a connection there that i think is worth talking about but but mon mothma's direct connection to the rebel alliance i think is is at this point just connecting a dot that we all knew was there you know what it's like it's like Camino on the galactic map, right? Uh, somebody had erased it from the archives, but Obi Wan looked and he went, "Gravity is pulling all of the stars mm-hmm. in this direction. There must be a a system here," and uh, and and that's exact. It's exactly the same thing, you know. Like like the story is pulled in by the gravity of Mon Mothma's character all throughout the the the. Uh, original trilogy and and even during the Clone Wars and uh, and and I uh, Revenge of the Sith so for me it's like you know Obi-Wan wasn't then surprised when he got to Kamino and there was a planet there he knew what he was gonna find when he got there so mm-hmm. that's where I'm at is like yeah Mon Mothma's coming so this is gonna be the episode where she officially starts to form the Rebel Alliance um <clears throat> I think they missed a big opportunity to formalize the name of the Alliance because in some of the, um, expanded universe, it's referred to as, uh, the Alliance for the restoration of the Republic. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's called. Um, it is not like, she doesn't refer to it as the rebel Alliance, at least not in a, in official public capacity. Right. It's mm-hmm. because, you know, that delegitimizes you to say that doll oh, were, were a rebellion. Right. Um, Everybody calls it the Rebel Alliance because it's an alliance of rebels. But the official political movement, I'm fairly certain, is called the Alliance for the Restoration of the Republic. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was hoping that she would use that in the episode at some point, but, but we never got it. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, the, 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 the stuff with the Y wings and the tie defender was way more interesting to me than anything with Mon Mothma. Like <laughs> yeah. Mon Mothma could have not been in this episode. It could have been Bail Organa. Or it could have been anybody could have been any Senator. doesn't matter. Any, any of those weird cloaked people from Rogue One, uh, and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and the episode would have been just as effective for me, um, save for that final moment because Mon Mothma is the only character who gets to do that. I think that's
0: the case there though, is, is you could add anybody, but I think the fact that it was her and that she's so tied into like, you know, the OT and what she did, what, what she did in return of the Jedi. And, and I'll just say that I thought it was, we'll talk about the end and when we get there, but like in this beginning part too, is like, she is actually, it seems to me like the first big time Senator or whatever you want to call it to openly challenge the, yeah. the emperor is what it seems to me. I, I know we have all these little cells of rebels that are obviously against the empire, but this is a this is somebody who's in the imperial senate that's finally openly, and I don't know that anybody else has done that, like Bale hasn't done that. He's doing it underneath, you know, underground. She's yeah. the one and, and that's with, like out yeah. there, you know? Yeah,
1: when Leia joins the senate, when Bale yeah. steps down and Leia takes over for him, she is acting as a senator but in reality she's a rebel right so right, um right. yeah for sure like i, I it, it is it is a big deal for her to make that declaration for sure but it it's also you know like she's the leader of the rebel alliance it had to happen at some point in yeah, the story right um, right
0: so uh, i thought that was kind of a big thing and then of course to the end i think that's the two things that i was kind of referring to as far as some of the what they did for this character and the importance that she now has, I mean, she obviously always was important to the Rebel Alliance, but I think uh, giving her the two things they did here mm-hmm. uh, just kind of gave her that extra importance. But we'll get to that point when we get there. Micah, what do we got next, Mike? Go ahead.
1: Uh, suddenly, there is a proximity alert, and the Spectres see a tactical infiltration pod approaching them. The pod has an EXD infiltrator droid, a model which Zeb and Chopper had encountered earlier on Chopper Base. Hera tells her crew to stay silent as the infiltration pod passes over them. At Hera's signal, Ezra fires the ghost's frontal turbo lasers at the pod, but misses. The ghost pursues the pod, but Ezra is unable to get a clean shot. As the chase continues, a large freighter emerges from hyperspace. Ezra manages to destroy the pod just as Phoenix leader, Hera, receives a transmission from Gold Squadron. Hera reports that they had a close call with an Imperial probe, and that there is a high chance they were detected, and that the droid summoned reinforcements. Gold Leader tells them to begin refueling immediately so that they can leave before the Galactic Empire arrives. When Ezra asks what they are transporting, Erskine tells them that they won't be able to board their vessel due to security concern, conditions. A female pilot meets with Ezra and tells him that she has heard a lot about Phoenix Squadron's exploits, exploits including blowing up the comm tower on Lothal and and, uh, and turkin Star Destroyer. Uh, Zeb sets the record straight that they only blew up Tarkin's star destroyer. Um,
0: so go ahead. Tar- Tarkin's teammates?
1: the one who blew up the com towers. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, this part
0: too. I mean, of course, here's the xd 9 the from Troider He's still back, so the Empire's still using those. Even though they're like we found out before, what they can do, these things can be easily programmed. And I think obviously that's why they got rid of them. But they're still using them now. So mm-hmm. uh, still. Uh, Like I said, using those things, even though they're not really supposed to, it's against kind of the empire protocol. But, um, so here's the thing too, about this, that here's a bunch of, we have a bunch of rebel cells. Here is one, the Phoenix squadron that's supposed to help out Mon Mothman her crew, but they're not even allowed to know who who's on board, not even them. So this shows how, just how like they're setting up how fractured, not fractured, but just how many cells are out there. Rebel cells. And they don't necessarily, like, trust each other. You know what I mean? Like, even in this part, you know, it's like the Y-Wing pilots are like, well, you did did this, and hey, Zeb and them are like, dude, we're just trying to help. So there's these these factions going on, and they're all fighting separately. And sometimes there's a little, you know, because you guys did this, we had to deal with the Empire this particular way. So they're setting up. All these different factions and how uniting them is going to be such a help. But for now, they're showing you, Mike, what's going on with these, and, and there's tons of them around. And mom, and mom was here to kind of get everybody together, as we're going to find out here. So mm-hmm. that, and then, of course, we get Gold Leader. Um, he's back. You know, we saw him in Star Wars, obviously, and in yeah. Rogue One. They used all that footage, so we got Gold Leader there too. So that was kind of neat to to see him. And, uh, and like I said, just how protected she's like, you know, she's walking around like she's the president now. You know, Just she's on uh, total secrecy, of course, uh, they, and so much so that they don't let the Rebels crew know uh, exactly who it is. So uh, anything to add there, Mike, before I go on?
1: Uh, no, no. Go ahead. Continue.
0: OK. Uh, the Rebels here uh, then here, a proximity alert as the Imperial Light Cruiser and the Gazanti-class cruiser exit hyperspace and dispatch TIE fighters. One of the gold squadron pilots alerts Captain John Vander, who orders the fighters to intercept the ties. When Ezra asks about the ship, the captain asks if, he, uh, if, they, if they have anyone that can fly. Ezra volunteers with Harris' support and enters the Y-Wing's cockpit and flies the ship. Back at the Ghost cockpit, Zeb says they only have to detach from the transport in order to survive. Meanwhile, Captain Vander orders his pilots to form a defensive perimeter around the freighter. Hera and Chopper reach the docking hatch just as they receive word from Erskine Samaj that the transport shields have been lost. Hera manages to open the boarding hatch just in time for Mon Mothma and her crew to escape the stricken freighter. So this is actually the time when um Mon Mothma, we mm-hmm. meet her and we find out, and I didn't even know this until I'm, I'm listening to the voice, and it's the same voice that did Rogue One and, and uh yeah. Revenge of the Sith, the Genevieve Riley. So yeah. again, they used They used Forrest Whitaker. They had had him doing Star Wars stuff. Hey, here's some lines. This is a story group all meshing together. Jennifer O'Reilly is working on Rogue One. Hey, we got a story about that in Rebels. Can you do some lines? So I really love that they do that. They ask these, these actors to do that. And it just, you know, it's
1: not like a huge deal, but I just love that they do it
0: you know what i mean it's just I, I think it's cool that they do that and you can have that all tie and it's the same voice and everything so i just love that
1: yeah um, it's, it's nice when they can have that continuity they, they managed to do it a couple yeah. of times in the clone yeah. wars as well i mean uh, one of the most notable is samuel L. jackson doing the voice of mace windu in the clone wars movie um, right just for the movie though right that's correct right yeah i'm pretty sure that's right yeah
0: uh, i should yeah, and, and, yeah like i said it's not uh you don't have to, but it's just no. kind of cool that
1: they were able to do it. I just love that yeah. thing. So, uh, go ahead, Mike. Here we go. In space, Ezra follows Gold Leader's lead, and Ezra uses and he uses his his Y wings. I wish they were X wings. A Y wings ion cannons to disable the light cruiser shields. Working together, Mon Mothma and Chopper manage to detach the Ghost from Mothma's freighter, then flee into hyperspace. Hera then introduces her crew to Senator Mon Mothma, who is familiar with Ezra Bridger, and thanks Captain Aurelios, Erskine Samaj... Uh, oh, sorry, that looked like a comma. Uh, Erskine Samaj advises Senator Mothma to abandon their mission and return to a safe hiding place on Chandrilla. Mothma disagrees and says she won't hide because her presence at the meeting is not optional. When Hera asks about the meeting, Mothma explains that they are... Uh, in the process of building an alliance of rebel cells across the galaxy she wants to challenge the empire in order to bring hope to the uh, to other rebels and tell them that they are not alone when Erskine warns that the empire will be trying to intercept any ship that l- tries to leave the system Hera says she knows a way to get them out of the sector to their meeting
2: Bothma, this is my crew, Zeb and out there in one of your bombers Ezra Bridger, I know of young Mr. Bridger and I thank you, Captain Aurelius. We saw your speech on the holonet. You really let the Emperor have it. I only wish words had more of an impact. Senator, let's forget this mission and get you back to Shandrilla to a proper hiding place. No hiding. My presence at the meeting is not optional. You mean the meeting? Ask and I trust them to get me there. We're in the process of building an alliance, uniting the various rebel cells across the galaxy. My challenge to the Emperor was a call to stand against the Empire. My hope is all who answer it will see that they are not alone. I must be there to meet them. Her involvement has been a secret, but the Empire will be attempting to track any ship that tries to leave this system. I know a way to sneak you out of the sector. Senator, we'll get you to that meeting. Give them the
0: coordinates to Dantooine. And there you go, Mike. She's, they're going to Daniel. But here's what I love about this: she's she's like she says here in this clip. Um, they're finally, finally going to unite the rebel cells. And her challenge to the Emperor was a call to all the rebel cells to it's time to stand against the Empire. And and this is it right here. It's kind of like Obi Wan's uh, message to Luke when when his aunt and uncle were dying. It's like hey, you know, it's your time now. This is it. You know, and th- when they when um, uh, he got the message from Leia, you know, it's time. Mm-hmm. So all this, you know, this is the call. This is it right here. This is her saying, speaking out against the Empire. She's losing her sentence seat. She's gone now. She's in hiding now. She has to go in hiding. And again, I just love that that call to to the Rebel Cells. And she says that she knows of Ezra too. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Mike, you got any uh, comments on this particular part?
1: Uh, well, I think it's really simple. Uh, Luke Skywalker was given a uh, preferential treatment let's call it. I uh, uh-huh. he he was a member of a military organization, right? The Rebel Alliance is a is a well-oiled military organization. It might not be powerful as the empire, but it is a military organization nonetheless. He was a commander in that military structure and he just leaves. Yeah. Right? And normally, like if you if you talk to anybody in any kind of military you don't get to just go because a ghost told you to go to some swamp right Mm. like you you don't get to just take off um unless you're the last jedi (laughs) right (laughs) and uh and and it's not a secret that ezra and kanan are jedi Um, I'm fairly certain the majority of the, of the rebellion, or at least of Phoenix squadron know that. And I know, we know that Bail Organa knows that. And of course, Bail Organa has told Mon Mothma all about Ezra and Kanan. Mm. Um, and it's probably something to the effect of like with these two, you know, I, and, and, you know, when, when the time is right, we'll call on General Kenobi and, and, Kenobi and too, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, and we'll have, we'll have three Jedi. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, like it, it's not so much, um, what Ezra has done, although Ezra and Kanan have managed to, to thwart the, uh, the Inquisitors on multiple occasions as well as, you know, cause some severe damage to the empire. <clears throat> um, it's more so what they represent and just, and what they are as opposed to what they've done. Um, the fact that they are Jedi and that the Jedi are a symbol of the old Republic, uh, that, that, that is the sort of thing, you know, they are, they're, they are um, strategic tools. These, these two Jedi, um, no different right. than, than general Kenobi is. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, to them, you know, like th- this is, this is information that's imperative to, to, to Mon Mothma, she has to know uh, who Ezra Bridger is if he's a member of the the Rebel Alliance. Like that's that kind of goes without saying, right? Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I I understood that. Like it, it 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 seemed pretty pretty straightforward to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and and um, just the fact that she Hera's introducing everybody, but she like you said, I I think you're right. She does know about like. Like you said, maybe someone's told her to like mm-hmm. Bail Organa, like, hey, we got we got these Jedi in our back pocket, so when we need to, you know, and maybe she says something about Kanan because she does the same thing. Like, oh, I've heard about you, Zeb, and, and and Chopper. She just specifically says, oh, yeah, I've heard of Ezra. He's, you know, She's probably thinking that's that Jedi we're going to need too. So, yeah. yeah, I think you're right on that too. Uh, at Lothal's capital city, Admiral Cassis Constantine briefs Governor Arenda Price and Grad Admiral Thrawn that the rebels defended their transport vigorously, but that they thwarted their attempt to refuel. Admiral Constantine reveals that a scan showed a small crew and that the transport was empty. Thron remarks that the cargo was something prized and suspects that it was a certain senator. Governor Price reports that Senator Mothma's capture is a priority and asks where Mon, uh, Mon Mothma is heading to if she escapes aboard the Ghost. Thrawn replies that Captain Syndulla will will be creative in eluding the Empire and predicts that she will take the unlikeliest path to exit the Sector, the Archeon Pass, which is popular with smugglers. Thrawn then announces that he will be dispatching his prototype TIE Defender Fighter and best pilot, Voltscarus, to hunt down the rogue senator. When Governor Price requests the honor of silencing Mothma, Thrawn tells Price to take Constantine to the far side of the nebula and wait there. Thrawn plans to use the TIE Defender to flush the Rebels out of the nebula into the open so that Price and Constantine can capture Mon Mothma alive. He believes that she is the key to locating the true Rebel fleet. So this guy, okay, it's pretty plain and simple as far as this particular point. Thrawn, they do the scan of the ship, and it's empty. It's like, wait a minute. It's like a cargo ship, but there's no cargo on it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's somebody important on that damn thing. Yeah. And he knows that her capture right now is one of the priorities of the empire is getting this uh, Mon Mothma because she's already publicly denounced the emperor and all of what he's doing, basically yeah. calling him a murderer now. Um, So they, they're they just like, hey, we got to get this person and shut her up. So he easily puts two and two together and realizes that, oh, man, that's got to be her on there. So. I like that what they do this as far as setting this up and explaining it. and It makes total sense of what they're doing as far as trying to capture this, uh, this these loose lips that are going around right now, which is Mon Mothma. So, um, mm-hmm. anything, add, Mike? Before you, uh, you want to take no? Uh, here, take I'll, the one? I'll
1: continue. Sorry. W- okay. Uh, that was a long be paragraph. Out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, aboard the Ghost, yeah. Mon Mothma tells Hera as she envies pilots like like her, who are able to escape their troubles by fleeing into space. Hera responds that she can't imagine Mothma running away from her problems. Mothma explains that she spent her entire life in the Senate trying to do good and fighting for the people. She tells Hera that she opposed the Emperor's efforts to crush freedom bit by bit. She realized that fighting for change in the Senate was a losing battle. Hera says that that, uh, the stakes in the front line she says on the front lines and, you know, like anytime they say front lines on, on any of these shows, like <laughs> I, you know, it's just a little <laughs> like, maybe, maybe just maybe are higher where the rebels uh, risk being outgunned instead of being outvoted. Hera and Mon Mothma agree to, to risk taking up arms against the emperor to free the galaxy. As the rebels approach the Archeon Nebula, Captain John Vander warns Ezra that stars are forming in there and that if they get too close, they'll burn up. Ezra reassures John that Hera will get them through this one, because she is the best pilot around.
2: Sometimes I envy pilots like you, traveling through the stars. You can always leave your problems far behind you. Can't imagine you running from your problems. I've spent my life in the Senate, trying to do good, to preserve the rights of the people. And we are grateful. A little good it's done. The emperor has crushed freedom over the years bit by bit i've opposed him where i could but i've begun to see that the fight cannot be won in the senate the stakes are a bit higher out here on the front lines instead of being outvoted you're outgunned life or death it's a new experience being on the run but if that's what it takes whatever it takes this rebellion is
0: worth it <laughs> So like she says there, you know, whatever it takes and, and, and for Mon Moth this new life on the run is this is all new to her because she's done it. You know, she realizes Mm -hmm. at the time she realized there's no way I can fight this fight and fight the empire in the Senate. Um, and it took her this long to finally realize it. Like, yeah, if you're in the Senate, nothing's happening over there. It's all talk. And the only way to fight this is to leave it, denounce the emperor and start this rebel Alliance that, that, that she's been secretly working on. So I kind of like that little intimate moment between those two, uh, and, and Mothma explaining, uh, why she left and why she had to leave as far as, you know, I can't do anything in the Senate. There's no, nothing I can do. I got to get out of there. So, uh, cool little moment. Anything you wanted to, any thoughts on that, Mike? Uh,
1: no. Yeah. I I mean, like it, that basically sort of echo what you said, that, that, Mm -hmm. um, she, she tried, right? But, but, um, I, I, Mon Mothma always struck me as, as more of a pacifist, um, than, than a warrior. I, I, and, and definitely more of a politician than anything. And I think that, that, um, I, you see that, that, um, and when I say pacifist, I say similar to, to Padme, and mm-hmm. um and and the Naboo right The the Naboo yeah. like they don't have a standing army they have a security force um all of that sort of stuff so like I, I imagine uh Mon Mothma to hold some of the same ideologies as as Padme and the Naboo so um the idea that like she's kind of been pushed as far as diplomacy will go and mm-hmm. now the only way for them to, like, I, I, I guess I'll put it this way. She's been standing by trying to stop Palpatine in the Senate. Um, meanwhile, people are dying and yeah, it's the moral sort of the moral imperative of like, of like, if you can do something to stop these people from dying, even if it means taking other lives, like, like the, the lives of stormtroopers are do not outweigh the life, lives of innocents, right? Um, because of when a stormtrooper, you know, uh, and obviously some people are conscripted, some people are drafted um, in the Empire, but but mm-hmm. those stormtroopers that that are soldiers that are uh, the Empire's weapons, um, they put themselves in the line of fire, right? And yeah. I, I, um. That's very different from innocent people being being massacred. And so she, she has to look at that and weigh the consequences of her actions and decide, you know, and the ultimate decision she comes to is that, like, you know, um, is Saw Gerrera right? No. Saw Gerrera is an extremist and a terrorist, but there must be a way. <coughs> and there's no way without... Uh, a show of military force, right? So, mm-hmm. so this is—it's an unfortunate necessity. Um, but, but if Palpatine is only going to respond to military force, then it's the only way to do it, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I guess. See, I'll continue here shortly. Later, a hyperdrive-equipped Tie Defender and two Tie interceptors escorts uh, escorts exit hyperspace. The pilot announces himself as Commander Voltskaris of the Imperial Navy and warns them that they are harboring a traitor to the Empire. Gold Leader orders Gold Three and Gold Four to intercept the Tie Defender. Ezra tries to warn the Y-wing pilots, but they are in danger, and uh, that they are in danger and they need to break off. The pilots ignore Ezra's warning and Scaris swiftly sw- uh, wipes out the two Y-wings with his turbolaser cannons. Hera tells the three remaining Y-wing pilots to follow them into the Archeon Nebula in an effort to lose Scaris. Hera tells Ezra and the pilots to dis- disable their proton torpedoes because they have been known to ignite the gas clouds inside the nebula. Zeb, who is manning the Ghost's rear cannon is unable to penetrate the tide defender, which is protected by a deflector shield. Scaris opens fire and destroys gold five. So these Tie defenders, man, they're here. They, they got all, Thrawn got a few off the uh, assembly line. It looks like, and, uh, you can see the damage that they do. This is what they were worried about as far as uh, a few episodes ago when, when we saw them and trying to uh, finish that uh, production off. And these things got hyperdrives on them. They got uh, the turbo lasers. They have uh, the shields. Yeah. So these are definitely, definitely trouble for the Rebel Alliance. And just one tie defender, you see the damage it can do. And, uh, you know, Ezra obviously recognizes it, and, but the 2 y wide-wing pilots aren't able to uh, to listen, and they easily get dispatched. But I thought another cool thing, too, here was uh, Gold 5, she actually, uh, you know, sacrifices herself hmm. to save the ghost and Senator Mon Montempo, who's obviously on the ghost. And that's, uh, again, showing how, how important she is to this, uh, to this empire, I mean, there's there's pilots that are willing to to stand in front of uh, and be killed just to save to save the senator to, to get to where she has to go. So I thought that was kind of a, a an important scene there, showing uh, how important Mon Mothma. And that's another thing that kind of kind of grabbed me too about this is how important she is. I mean, we know Leia's important, and and we know um, uh, Organa's important, and all that. But again, to show Mon Mothma and and where she's headed to in this particular episode. And they're able to do anything they can to save her. I thought it was pretty interesting there. So, um, uh, you want to go ahead, Mike? Yeah, continue? Here, I'll
1: continue. Uh, Ezra okay. realizes that it is only him and Gold Leader left. Unable to outrun the TIE Defender and its TIE Interceptor escorts, Hera tells the Y-Wing pilots to divert their remaining power to the deflector screens. The Nebula starts to to cook the starships. One of the TIE Interceptors is destroyed by the intense heat of the nebula, while Zeb manages to shoot the second TIE Interceptor. The blast ignites the nebula and fries the fighter's defle- deflector shields. <clears throat> Scaris continues the pursuit, and John tells Ezra to back off. As the rebels tra- travel deeper into the nebula, the Ghost's hull takes damage from the intense heat. Scaris is forced to withdraw his TIE Defender, <clears throat> as his ship's defa- deflector shields begin begin to take a hit from the stars. With the ghost losing power, Ezra tells Hera that he and John Vander will hold hold off the defender while the ghost escapes the nebula with Mon Mothma.
0: The ghost exit the Archeon Pass, only to be intercepted by two Imperial Star Destroyers that have emerged from hyperspace. Zem says they have new company while Hera tells Chopper to set the emergency power. On the bridge of Governor Price's Star Destroyer, Admiral Constantine tells her that the ghost has sustained damage due to its core system and that the commander Scaris has dealt with their Y-wing escorts in the Archeon Nebula. Price hails the ghost and demands that Mon Mothma surrender or be destroyed. Knowing that Price can't be trusted, Mothma comes up with a plan to stall the governor while Hera and Chopper repair the ship's systems. And just before that, you were talking about that. Actually, it was a pretty cool scene of, of the ties and the ghost mm-hmm. and the Y wings flying through this nibble and, and the closer they get, I mean, just things start burning up. You see, uh, you know, st- damage so much. So that stuff's falling off of the, the ghost, uh, ghost ship, yeah. you know, a, pa- a panel flies off and you see the heat gets, and everything's starting to gas up. And, and these guys are still going through it. Um, so I thought that was kind of a pretty cool action scene going into them. something we haven't seen before as far as, uh, at least I haven't seen before in star Wars. So I thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we have? Just uh we down to the last two, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's see. yeah. Uh, let's just wrap it up. Go, go ahead. Yeah, go.
0: Is it my turn? Are we? Where are we at? Elsewhere. Yeah. Elsewhere, the ghost is being drawn into Price's star destroyer hangar bay. Unable to escape, Hera is able to sh- uh, about to shut down the ship system sh- systems. When Ezra and Gold Leader exit the Archeon Nebula, Hera tells Ezra about. Oh the no! Bad hold, news. Up, hold up!
1: Hold up! Oh, we we skipped up, one. More, yeah, right? we skipped. One. <laughs> Okay. Inside,
0: here we go. Inside the Archeon that's at, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Inside the Archeon Nebula, Ezra and John uh, lead Scaris's Tide Defender on a pursuit. With the Tide Defender closing in on them, Ezra tells Vander to swoop behind the Defender and be ready to hit him with the ion cannon. Mothma stalls Price with a list of demands to the Emperor, while Chopper and Hera prepare the Ghost hyperdrive. Price rejects Mothma's demands while Constantine activates the Star Destroyer's tractor beam. Uh, projector in order to board the ghost. Hera tells Chopper to divert the power to the ship's engines. Meanwhile, Ezra tells Gold leader to get ready for him flying for him flying his Y-wing through his sights with the Tide defender on his uh, hot on his tail. Ezra's plan is to to get John to disable the Tide defender with his uh, ion cannon. Ezra plan Ezra's plan works, and the tide defender hurtles into the nebula. Vander warns Ezra that the, top, the TIE Defender will recover from the blast and that they have to get out and find the ghost. Here we go, Mike. It's,
1: you, go ahead. <laughs> Elsewhere, the ghost is being drawn into Price's Star Destroyer's hangar bay. Unable to, to escape, Hera is, is about to shut down the ship's systems when Ezra and Gold Leader exit the Archeon Nebula. Hera warns Ezra about the bad news just in, as an Imperial officer informs Constantine about the rebel fighters. Hera asks Gold Leader if he and Ezra can break them free. Vander tells them to charge their ion cannons and proton torpedoes. Hera tells Ezra and John not to shoot at the Star Destroyers, but instead fire at the Archeon Nebula. Taking a risk, the Y-Wings fly into the Nebula while Hera tells Chopper to be ready to jump into hyperspace. The Rebel Y-Wings fire on the Archeon Nebula and the stars explode, causing extensive damage to Price's Star Destroyers. With the tractor beam disabled, the rebels flee into hyperspace. So that
0: actually worked, That shooting those high on cannons, yeah. man. And, and uh, one of the most like
1: brilliant yeah. scenes in in Rebels history. You know what yeah. it reminds me of? It reminds me of um you remember the, the droid arc from what's that, season five? Um that was really boring and then we got a clone commando in one episode and then in the next episode do you remember, like, the, it was all that, that whatever it was, the, the stuff in the canisters, and they load up the Star... Was it a Star Destroyer? Mm-hmm. Because I think... Yeah, I think it was a Republic Destroyer, right? And... um yeah. Republic Cruiser, and they... Yeah, the, the Separatists had, like, loaded it up and they it was going to dock with the space station. But they blow it up and it's just, like, this incredible explosion, right? And you remember how, like, amazing that was at the time? Oh, yeah. And they haven't sure. done anything. Yeah. Like, they've done stuff similar to that since then, all, both on Clone Wars and then on Rebels. But they haven't done anything that, like, ratcheted up the the visuals in that way since then. And and mm-hmm. then in this episode, they do. they They... Like that, the way that the the nebula like streaks out and then um, just like burns up the side of the Star Destroyers. I just thought it was amazing. I thought it was really, really well done and really, really cool. So it's one of those things that um, I don't know. I always really enjoy at celebration going to some of the technical panels. Um, And, you know, like they're always they're always full because they're either Clone Wars or Rebels centered. And so people go to them expecting news but what you yeah. end up with is right. is actually, it, it, it usually ends up being, um, you know, I, I, uh, Joel Aaron and, and a couple of the animators going over um, how they achieved certain looks. And, and, you know, it's like the references that they used and, and sort of the, the technology that they pushed to its limits and that sort of thing. I always find that stuff really fascinating. And I think that, that this is one of those scenes that they'll be talking about. If they've got a panel like that at Star Wars Celebration yeah. this year, so it's uh, yeah. I always really enjoy. by I, I, I don't know, Matt. Did you come with me to that one? I know Matt Campbell did. I don't remember if you did. I think you. I think we split off for that Probably. one. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't remember that. Yeah.
0: But but you're right. This is one of those. This is one of those um, scenes where you go down, and and I've said this before. Is certain episodes of the Clone Wars where it just it had this cinematic feel to it, and the way it was shot, and just everything that's going on. Uh, it, it just almost—it was like movie quality type stuff. Man, really beautiful to look at, and just fantastic scene. So you're definitely right on that. Um, uh, I get, let's just finish it up here. Ghost and its remaining Y-wings reach the planet Dantooine. Aboard the Ghost, Gold Leader praises Phoenix Leader Hera for her valor and creativity. Erskine Samaj tells Mon Mothma they are ready to transmit. Mon Mothma get, then gives a speech on HollowNet. She tells her viewers that she has resigned from the corrupt Senate that has stifled the galaxy's liberties and freedoms in the name of safety. Mothma tells her audience to have no fear that she has resigned from the Senate to fight for the rebellion on the front lines. She vows not to rest until they have brought an entire end to the empire and restored the public.
2: This is Senator Mon Mothma. I've been called a traitor for speaking out against a corrupt galactic Senate a Senate manipulated by the sinister tactics of the Emperor. For too long, I've watched the heavy hand of the Empire strangle our liberties, stifling our freedoms in the name of ensuring our safety. No longer, despite Imperial threats, despite the Emperor himself, I have no fear as I take new action. For I am not alone. Beginning today, We stand together as allies. I hereby resign from the Senate to fight for you, not from the distant halls of politics, but from the front lines. We will not rest until we bring an end to the Empire, until we restore our Republic. Are you with me? Look.
0: They came. Look how many there are.
2: This, my friends, this is our rebellion.
0: Mike, i got to say, a really cool way. I just thought it was just a fantastic ending to this episode. And and this is what I meant by, I think, in the beginning, where it's like, here's Mon Mothma. She is the one that makes the call to unite the rebel cells. And that visual of her looking out that cockpit and seeing Mm. All these ships come in from everywhere. It was just, oh man, that was so cool. This had the vibe. This ending, Mike, could have been the end of the series um, in a certain way. I mean, if you wanted to end, I mean, you could have more people in the cockpit. You know, maybe, um, you know, obviously Kanan. And, but the way this thing ended, you could. I, I, I when I was watching, it, I'm like, man, that was almost like an ending of a of a series right there. Because you go right from there to, you know, you jump into to mm-hmm. Rogue One. And then you get into Star Wars. So just the ending alone was really that had that final.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, tinge to it. Um, any thoughts on that, Mike?
1: I w- the only thing about this that was disappointing, and I don't know, maybe you can predict where I'm going with this, but my favorite character from Rogue One was not included in this scene. Oh, um, Raddus. Yeah. yeah the, Admiral <laughs> yeah. Raddus's ship isn't yeah. there. Home One is there, which yeah. means that there's a very good possibility that they, they Admiral Akbar is one of the people uh, uh, present in this moment, which would be very cool. Um, but I don't know I want to see Admiral Radis and my hope yeah, is yeah. that is that Radis is being saved for next season um mm-hmm. and they they didn't want to have mm-hmm, him yeah. show up here because they want to have an episode where he's featured um yeah because. Steven Stanton voices Admiral Raddus. So right. like there is another perfect opportunity. Like Steven Stanton's already in there doing all sorts of characters. He does Tarkin. He he'll be doing uh, Obi-Wan. I I not in this upcoming episode but the one after it I think, right? Yeah, right. Twin Suns right. is in yeah. 2 weeks, yeah. Um right. So yeah, like I I it's a no-brainer. To to do that, but Dave Filoni in the Rebels Recon was talking about the idea that he wants, like he's trying to bring the the Rogue One prequel trilogy aesthetic into Star Wars Rebels. So you're gonna start seeing that stuff show up. So we see the Nebulon bees, we see Home One. Um, obviously, the Y wings are are now retrofitted. I uh, yeah I to look like the Y wings from uh, Rogue One and A New Hope, um, like we're getting there. We're getting closer, um, and I think one of the coolest things that Star Wars Rebels has managed to do is that like it is this perfect transition from prequels into the original trilogy, um, and it actually it's doing a really good job of bridging that gap stylistically as the seasons go on. Uh, I just, my one thing is that I really think um I really think a couple of the characters' outfits need to change one more time. I think mm-hmm. that Ezra and Kanan's outfits need to change one more time and I think they need to become a little bit more simplistic. They're a little bit too prequel-y at the moment for me and I just want to, I want to see them get to the look of the original trilogy, you know, where it's cuz the thing with with A New Hope is that the era in which it was done? The sci-fi, the aesthetic of sci-fi at that time was very minimalist, right? So mm-hmm. you were either um, you were either like Luke and Obi Wan on on Tatooine. Like everybody on Tatooine is just wearing like desert robes, right? Because it's either like this really rustic um, w- sort of worn-out look. Or you get to uh, the Empire and you look at all the imperial uniforms. They're very simple. They're very minimalistic, and uh, and you look at um, uh, what Princess Leia wears, and um, I, and then you know, like uh, even the 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 command uh, members of the Rebel Alliance, like General Dodonna, and and that, like you look at them and like their outfits are very simple. And you mm-hmm. look at Kanan and Ezra's outfits, and even Hera's outfit, which I know is a flight suit, so it gets a it can be a little bit more interesting because it is a flight suit, so it gets to have some doodads and whatever. But um, they're a little overcomplicated. They're not I shouldn't say overcomplicated because they're good designs, but they but for that aesthetic, there's there's just a little bit too much going on there. Um, they need to. I feel like they need to kind of like pull that back just a little tiny bit more. Um, mm-hmm. They did the the new outfits this season did a good job of that, but Kanan's more so than Ezra's. I you know what drives me nuts about Ezra's is like those little like fins on his shoulders. I don't like that. Doesn't look like that. Looks very prequely to me. It looks like it looks like uh, some of the concept art for the Jedi and that sort of thing. It's just they it needs to they need to pull it back a little bit more. Um, this yeah. is the same argument that I made uh, like uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago when we were talking about obi-wan versus maul when we got our first shot of that and and the real weird juxtaposition of clone wars shirtless maul up against a new hope obi-wan it just like there's something about that that just doesn't there's like a dissonance there they just it's yeah. just not there are two different eras and they need to they, i feel like they needed to bridge that a little bit better and i feel like some of these characters either uh, who knows like maybe it means that they're not going to make it out right but, um, of this era, but, um, yeah, it's yeah. like, you look at Bail Organa and Bail Organa is still very much, um, in his prequel outfit. I mean, it's a little bit more simplistic than his prequel gear was, but, um, uh, in Rogue One, but, but, you know, he's a character from that era and he doesn't make it through right he doesn't uh, yeah. he doesn't make it i mean technically he makes it into the, the original trilogy but not for very long so
0: <laughs> and we never <laughs> see him on
1: screen obviously but yeah yeah no it's yeah uh
0: I, you're you're right though about that radius right? thing that's what i was saying about like you could have had this be the ending if you had <laughs> Yeah, you know more characters around. You got to actually go around and see all the great characters. Yeah, if we
1: saw the X wings and U wings and uh, and and Braddis's ship and and just like a couple couple more of those ships from from Rogue One, you would be able to say, okay, that just happened. That's the fleet, and now like very soon, that fleet is gonna, you know, it's gonna it's gonna come together. But this is the thing: is that like from where where I'm sitting. This fleet comes together for this meeting, but then they're going to break apart, right? right. Because, because yeah. yeah. um, the rebel fleet doesn't stay all in one place, right? Mm-hmm. So, like some of the fleet comes together at Scarif, uh, many of which were at On Yavin Four, um, but but the only time that the entire fleet, the whole fleet, is together, is in Return of the Jedi in the mm-hmm. in that final assault against the second right, Star, right. so um yeah it's it's it, yeah i don't know I, I just think that that's 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 of note they're,
0: yeah they're going to dantooine we know that they've talked about it in this episode and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: um we got dantooine that's in play now i think Which is, that, it's a
1: great it's a great callback or call yeah. forward to uh right. to a new hope because uh, dantooine oh, yeah, is the yeah. planet that leia gives right Oh right and, right, and they say yeah, yeah, there was something, but there are there no was rebels. something there. Yeah, there are yeah. no rebels now. So now we're gonna see that, right?
0: Yeah, that's um, what's what so cool yeah. about that. That's why I think they're gonna leave. They're gonna yeah. leave um, uh, the planet. Jeez, oh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden on the planet that they're on. That Adelon. Uh, yeah. And go there, but yeah. So this message from off Mom, Mom, and again, she's talking about this. This broadcast is. I Kind of liked too how they were going around and showing everybody all the different cells around. You know, you got Ryder Azadi who is at, 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 actually at um, he's on Lothal right now, and you got Sumnar and and um, you got uh, Commander Sato is in there and Rex, and, and everybody's listening to this address. And it's just like a really mm-hmm. cool way to end this to end this episode, and yeah. and they really stand out for me, standout stuff for. For Mon uh, mom month, but I thought was pretty was pretty cool. So um, with that, right, let's uh, let's finish up and we'll talk about a couple emails. We got a couple to we have more than a couple, but we'll just do a couple today. We'll save yeah. a few for uh, for next week. So uh what's let's, let's uh head to the mailbag. What
1: message the Rebels Podcast. Mail back to Club. Um, mailbag. The council is asking you. Yeah.
0: So we got a couple of uh, different opinions on this episode, Mike. And the first one is from Alan Lebovich. And he says, wow, this episode was unexpectedly amazing. Rebels rebelling, important stuff happening, cool space combat, close ties to the films with some great callbacks, plus a little Wrath of Khan. So that's from Alan. He uh, obviously liked this episode a lot, Mike. I've said some things about what I liked about this as far as Mon Mothma and what she's meant to this episode. Um, I'm trying to think of... It's been a long time since I've seen Wrath of Khan, and I'm trying to think of what he means by Wrath of Khan. Alan, you might have to email us back and, and tell us because I'm again, it's been a long time since I saw it. I'm trying to think what the callback is to Wrath of Khan. You got anything, Mike, on that?
1: I know other than. No, not right. I is, mean is I just this, like like the nebula because because the, the nebula that's probably what it right because yeah. the end of Wrath of Khan they go into the nebula and they can't they can't use their scanners they have to they have that's to, probably it yeah what do they they have to fire by sound or something I can't remember So I hate Wrath of Khan I know that's like to Star what? Trek fans no. <laughs> yeah to Star Trek fans what? that's like that's uh, isn't that like the best one that's blasphemy I I disagree one? I think the best Star Trek movie is Trek uh, four. is Star Trek four Uh, Yeah, yeah. I do like that one. Yeah, Um, because the 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 thing with Star Trek four, and it's one of the reasons why I also think that of the new Star Trek movies, Star Trek Beyond, the most recent one, we're going on a total tangent here. This is a Star Wars (laughs) podcast, but just give me a second. They're the best because that show was about exploring. It was about um, it was about sci fi concepts, right? It wasn't about war it wasn't about revenge it wasn't about like like you know so like wrath of khan to me is way too much about about like khan's revenge plot and stuff like that i get it i I understand why people like it but like the genesis stuff is not as interesting of a sci-fi concept to me as the idea that an alien returns to earth after thousands of years thousands and thousands of years and and the last time where they were there they communicated with whales Right. Because whales were the dominant species on the planet, (laughs) like predating human beings. (laughs) So when they return, they attempt to contact the whales again. And in doing so, they're like they're like killing people on the planet with like this sonar burst. Right. In order to communicate with the whales on the planet. And because they're not getting a response, they're just going to keep going until they get a response. So and whales are dead. (laughs) Because human beings killed the whales in the early 20th century or the late 20th century or whatever, so like the idea that you have to like travel back in time, get a get a couple of whales, go back to the future, (laughs) so (laughs) that you can communicate with this alien species, that is a Star Trek episode, like that is a Star Trek episode, and Mm -hmm. and that's why that to me is like the best Star Trek movie. I love. I yeah, love I, the, yeah. that four is the voyage home, right? That's four. Yes. Yeah. yes um, yes, that's, yeah, that's it's that's my, cool. that's my favorite one. And it's also got some of the best moments. Cause it's like, it's Spock like at his most kind of raw. Cause it's right after he's been, cause three is the search for Spock. Anyway, people who don't realize this, I, uh, who don't know, I, uh, I'm a huge star Trek fan as well as a star Wars fan. And I'm proof that you can be both. It's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, but yeah, like I love Star Trek. Star Trek's one of my favorite franchises of all time. It's my dad and I used to watch it all the time. So, so when you bring yeah. up Star Trek, and then you bring up Wrath of Khan, like I've watched Wrath of Khan all the way through maybe once in my life. I do not like it. I don't like that movie. <laughs> um, I would That's much funny. rather watch the Voyage Home, or I, I, which one's the one with Christopher Lloyd? I think that's he's the search t- for Spock, right? I think that's three uh, where he's three. I believe Yeah, yeah. it's three. Cause they have, yeah. because they have his ship at the end. Yeah. Search right. for Spock is awesome. Cause Christopher Lloyd is a great, uh great villain in that it's one of his like most under recognized roles. Oh my God. He's so good in that. Um, mm-hmm. I could probably do a star Trek podcast if I really want to. <laughs> I'm not an expert <laughs> yeah. by any means, but I'd have to pull somebody else in to be the expert. Yeah, But for sure, for sure. Um, it's not well, like my uh, star Wars fandom, but uh, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thanks to, to Alan for, yeah. for getting us on Star Trek on a Star Wars podcast. Good job, <laughs> yeah. Alan. Way to go. Uh,
1: hey, take the next one, Mike. It's from Bob. Willardy. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah, this one's from Bob. He says, sigh, another meh Rebels episode. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Mon Mothma, and I know how important she is in the formation of the Rebellion. However, is there really a story here? Or enough of one to justify a full episode around it? It's probably not enough to assume that everyone that watches Rebels has seen Rogue One, which fully covers this in my opinion. That said, I think this Mon and Mothma storyline should have been used more appropriately as subplot to a much more gripping central story. I would have loved to have seen this story from the viewpoint of normal citizens and how important this rebellion is to their freedoms, which are under attack from the Empire. We need to see truly what our rebels are fighting for. How peace and freedom for everyone can be lost, not just another rescue episode. Then again, am I asking too much? Great show, guys. Keep up the amazing work. I do think uh, – look, you say it right at the end, Bob. I do think you are asking for a little bit too much. Um, they're 22-minute episodes. For some reason, yeah. there's an edict, and I'm betting that it comes from Disney and, and Disney XD in particular, that the show is much more um, kid-friendly. Uh, and that means not necessarily that like you can't deal with bigger – Bigger concepts, but that you have to do it within a twenty-two minute episode. So the ideas that you're talking about are are a little bit more difficult to tackle. And I do think that they hit on some of it. I think if you yeah. really listen to what mom Mothma is saying, that for the adults in the audience, it's there. Um, it's just not the focus of the episode. The focus of the episode is this travel through the nebula and escaping from the empire. Um, and the other part of it is that like you can't have it both ways. You can't say that it's a meh episode. Um, but also say, like, can we do without the action? Um, right. Because then it's just going to be even more of a Matt episode to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, they have a real difficult balance to strike there. Um, and I don't you want to kind of stay away from prequel territory where we spent 22 minutes just discussing the politics um, mm-hmm. and the, the morality and ideology. So. I get where you're coming from. I agree, but that's the sort of thing that, like, here's the thing. Um, uh, Matt Martin posted on Twitter. He posted like this whole thing, and 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 I think Pablo was part of the conversation. Like, it was this whole thing on Twitter last week uh, about um, your fandom and the and and the different aspects of the Star Wars uh, uh, story that are told in different mediums, and that. Um, No one is expected to, and I think this is really important. No one is expected to consume everything, Mm -hmm. right? There are different mediums for different people. So like for me personally, this is Mike speaking, the books are not my jam. I do not care. And especially the newer books, they're not that great in my opinion. Um, and Mm -hmm. other people might enjoy them and that's fine. If you want to enjoy them, you can enjoy them. Um, But on the flip side, some of what they're doing in the comics I think is really cool. The Poe Dameron comic is really great. Um, The Lando comic was awesome. Uh, The Darth Vader, the first volume of the Darth Vader comic, which is the only one that I've read so far. But that was great. Um, I think that they've done some really cool stuff. They're also doing some terrible stuff in the comics. Uh, The main Star Wars title was just Uh, (laughs) god-awful. But, yeah, like, it's... it's, um, you know, like like some people are going to be into the storylines of of the video games, like because we've got that first person or sorry third person action game coming up from EA uh, uh, that Amy Hennig is working on. That's going to have a great story, but not everybody plays video games, and so um, you know. I think I think what, what what I'm getting at, to circle back to Bob's comment and Star Wars Rebels, Rebels is for a specific audience. It is a specific kind of storytelling, and that storytelling is episodic weekly. Don't get me wrong, Bob. I'm with you. I want it to go back to the Clone Wars, which was on Cartoon Network on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I mean, this is Saturday nights, but like Cartoon Network treated it as, a, as an adult show that was good for kids as well. Yeah. Disney XD right. is treating star Wars rebels as a kid's show. That is also good for adults. Um, right. because they tried it the other way with Tron, Legacy, uh, Tron uprising and it didn't work. The ki- kids yeah. didn't care They're because it, it, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was way too, uh, heady and esoteric for kids. It was a fantastic show. Tron uprising was awesome for people who haven't watched it, but it was a, it was, it was way too mature for their audience. Um, and so you know like that's just the nature of the beast. but if you want that more in-depth by uh, uh, political stuff, expect to see it in the novels, expect to see it um, in in other mediums in the films maybe, but not necessarily on Star Wars rebels. I it's just not the place for it. it's just not it's just not the right venue so. Um, i don't yeah. know I, I think it was a decent episode i don't think that it was it was uh incredible by any means i thought there was some cool stuff but it kind of drags in, at the beginning and it, it takes a long time for it to get going but
0: yeah i'd um, give it a little more than a meh, i he he says meh but um i like you said i, I give it yeah. a little more than that and he loves the Mon Mothma stuff and i did too I, I love what they did with that but you're absolutely right about that that tron reference it's just it's this is one of those tough things with animation mm-hmm. it's like like you said, with Clone Wars, it was it was more like a an adult show that that kids could watch. Yeah, and like you said, this is with D- Disney XD, I think, like you said, they're doing the exact opposite, and they're trying to make it a kid show, but there's all this adult stuff in it, and it's just, um, it's just the that's just the way it is with animation, and and they're going to do another animated series, and and we don't know yet what timeline, but I hope that they can keep it adult and you can still have kids and and the demographic they're looking for which is like you know most of the time it's like with boys from the teen boys or whatever Mm -hmm. so um i do hope they do that with the new one as well and and make it more for because man I, i can't i would just love to see the stats of like who's watching this show i bet you it's just as many adults as 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 kids, I would think, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'd love to see the stats, you know, because yeah. like you said, this thing's on Saturday night and I don't know my, many, uh, like my kids are, they're too busy playing Xbox and, and PlayStation, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't have time for, for cartoons anymore, animated yeah. stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of funny, but thanks uh, Bob and Alan for, for the emails and yeah, if you're listening, sure. don't, don't hesitate. Like I said, we got a couple more we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about next week. Uh, just in the interest of time, we can only do a couple here. Uh, next time, Mike, on Star Wars Rebels, double agent droid. Chopper and AP-5 team up to infiltrate an Imperial station to steal needed codes, but an Imperial specialist turns the droids against the crew to cause chaos. The astromech that triggered the alarm on Killin Station arrived aboard this shuttle.
1: Checking archived data on identified Rebel droids. Hmm, quite a unique model out of date I believe the C1 astromech is the droid infiltrator Grand Admiral Thrawn referenced in his memo about the rebels of Phoenix Squadron
0: I will alert the station at once no, we'll inform the ISB after I have what I need from that spy okay Mike I gotta say I'm not too psyched up for this one Mm -hmm. (laughs) but hey You never know. Yeah, yeah,
1: it it might end up surprising us, but I don't think it's going to. This is the this is the calm before the storm that is Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. But yeah, um, yeah. one really interesting thing to note right off the bat is that uh, this is our first uh, the first instance of a character in Star Wars, a human, I should say, with glasses Mm -hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, one one of the actually, they're both wearing glasses. One of them is wearing more of like a visor sunglasses sort of thing. But the one right. guy has glasses, which is like a total non Star Wars thing. So I'm gonna be mm-hmm. very interested to see the Rebels recon next week and see uh, Dave Filoni's justification for that because I think <laughs> personally, yeah. it's one of those things that it's like uh, it kind of takes me out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how next week's episode goes
0: yeah for sure that's uh that'll do it for this week though yep that's it for this Grab week
1: uh thank you guys for listening as always you can stay up to date with all the latest rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast and on twitter at rebels podcast you can follow me on twitter i'm at Arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f you can follow matt he's at the crankster a crankster yes. with a k uh, yeah. of course we are also part of the Thunderquack podcast network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in our network. And if you like what we do, as we talked about at the at the beginning of the episode, you can head to i uh, i uh, store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch and support the podcast that way. You can also head to patreon.com/thunderquack uh, and support us through there and get some cool rewards. So, uh, that is it for this week and we will be back next week. With the episode Double Agent Droid.
0: See you guys next week.